You know, I every week we prepare for our friend Bag Milk. We assume we're going to talk about Frank. And I always feel like he's like a non-violent guy, kind of a cool. I feel like he's maybe the uncle or or older brother for a lot of the folks over there. And then I read last night at 8.36, I will sacrifice one random HQ employee if we can figure this PK out. They won't know which one or when. I never, I, I, first of all, do you know who you would do this to? You know, I don't know yet. That's why I said they won't know who or when. But I've got a, ran, a bunch of contenders here. All I know, Al, is that we need to fix this PK solution, and I'm looking at outside forces now. I don't know what's going on since the All-Star break is finished, but this team is not looking the same when down a man on the ice. So I, these I just, are the kind of circumstances that need drastic solutions. I think you know that I that I know someone over there, and um, and that you know it, you're probably thinking. Low tide doesn't want that person to get, you know, get get it. Um, but I'm I'm thinking Kennedy's the one you have to lay off of. No, Kennedy. If I, if I'm being honest, I think Kennedy's going to fly under the radar as being okay. off the list. Um, and- I think you're right about that one. You know, she did a great job for us in Arizona. She does a great job for us here at HQ, and uh, I don't know that the PK is is, is that rough a shape right now. And and your M Chuck is kind of like Rasputin. I don't know. You'd have to make sure. You know, you really would have to make sure. Um, I mean, do you think this? Well, might... got... Go ahead. And he's got those long legs out. Yeah, I got to be able to catch him first. Yeah. Do you, Do you think there's any possibility this would be like the hunt for Red October, where you end up shooting yourself? It might be. No. You know, I'm just it saying. It might be. You, you, know. you know, just have when you're pointing one finger, you got three pointing right back at you. One of those situations. I did not see or hear, but I'm I'm curious about what Frank said pregame about this game. Did he predict a loss? He did predict the Bruins to win yesterday. Yes. No. Yes. No, you know, and while he wouldn't necessarily reveal the details on why he believed that would be the result, ultimately he came up as as correct once again, and his intuition was right. His studying clearly saw a hole in the matrix or a glitch in the matrix that. The Oilers just couldn't solve last night. And right now, Al, I think it's the second period. Yeah. He knows how the Oilers have been in the second period. The Bruins are too good to give away a 20-minute frame against well, them. Yeah, well, also, I think that, that once you get to overtime, it's luck of the draw. Leon damn near scored on the power play. I, I do not – I was wildly entertained by the game. I have to say I was wildly entertained. And as much as the Oilers have things to work on, so do the Bruins. And I, I – for me, I because I watch both teams a lot, I think that that I could see both of these teams in the Stanley Cup final. And then my question for you, and I, I pondered it myself, at some length, I had two cups of coffee thinking about this. If that's the Stanley Cup final, that those two combatants, and that was game one, and you know that it would play out that way, what would you look to improve on the other roster currently before the deadline and obviously before the Stanley Cup final? Well, if this is our final, first of all, I'm excited about it because I'm with you. As much as it's a, a, you know frustrating or annoying that the others didn't complete the comeback and win it in OT, that was, that was everything you'd hope for from a hockey game. As a fan of the sport, it was back and forth. There were 11 goals in the game. What else do you want from that? 
But to answer your question specifically, I, I think that right now I'd really love a little bit more scoring. We got some depth scoring last night, and it came from, you know, Corey Perry, Florian Fogel had two, Matthias Janmark had goals in back-to-back games, and then Zach Hyman got one. But more scoring options would really be nice. So I just keep reading the rumors about, you know, the likes of, uh, of Jake Gensel. I can only imagine what he would look like beside Leon. I, I, I like the idea of maybe some depth scoring further down in the lineup, ease the pressure. We did a, an exercise this last, last week on Friday where the Oilers' fourth line to last place in terms of offense produced. And maybe that's changed a little bit now because Yanmark's got a couple of goals. But I, I think some scoring throughout the forward group would do a lot of, uh, do, it would do a lot of good. And I, I do think we need a defensive upgrade. I'm a little bit worried about Stu right now. I don't think the goaltending is a problem. You know, that was fifth straight game under 900 last night. I think he's been fighting a little bit since coming back. But if I'm to give you an answer, direct answer, it's more scoring in the forward group. So is is if Gensel? I mean, there are rumors that he's you know negotiating and maybe he signs. Is Butnevich the guy you would go after if you don't if you can't get Gensel? You know, I've been listening to Tyler talk about him for the last for weeks it seems like and he just seems like he would be a really nice fit. It's almost to the point where it's confusing why they would want to give him up. He's a guy who's 28 years old. I know he's got uh, one more year left on his deal at 5.8, but 19 goals and 24 assists in 53 games. But I would love to add that in. And the fact that you can mix in, potentially have the extra year left on the deal afterward, Mm -hmm. that's where we're talking about. Because, you know, you read all the insiders, all the information, they're all spitting out uh, what they know. And you see some of the cost of acquisition on some of these players. If the Oilers are going to spend assets, specifically their first round pick, man, I'd love to have some kind of Ekholm like deal where there's some extra time left on it. That's a lot to pay for a first round uh, just for a rental. And we've seen teams over the last handful of years uh, go all in at the trade deadline in terms of like picking up rentals. We saw Boston do it, we saw Toronto do it, where it just didn't work out the way they wanted. So if you're going to spend the assets, man, I'd love it to be able to find a way to keep them in for next year and really build up a contender for not just this year, but for next year. So Pavel Bushnevich as a, a left winger shoots left. It'd be nice if he was a righty, but sometimes we can't have them all. He would be a great, great pickup. Yeah, it's. Um, I feel like, you know, and this is such a weird year, bagged. Can I call you bagged? You can call me whatever you like, sir. Okay. It's such a weird year. Like, I I was working on the draft in November, and then I haven't looked at the draft for, uh, like, months. And <laughs> I haven't. And then, and then I'm looking at the deadline, and then I'm like, well, you know, they don't really need anything. And I almost wrote an article, do the owners need anything? Maybe they don't even get anybody at the deadline. And now I'm back to, well, I don't know about the goalie and the right defense and the center and the winger. Like, this team is like a monstrosity, and yet it's, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful poem, too. It's, it's all or nothing, and it just depends. It, you remember that Seinfeld episode where this beautiful woman, if you caught her in the right light, she was no longer beautiful? That's this team. Yeah, I do. It really is. And then you also look at just the draft capital they have. They have no third, no fourth, no seventh this year. They do have the first and second in 2024. But how much of those bullets do you want to spend? Because ultimately, you want to have something in the cupboards. We need some of these youngsters to be hitting big. And I know this is a four or five year project. So if the tech slides lighten up, I already know. But at some point you want some of these younger players to be contributing on the roster on an entry level deal or on a very cheap deal. And right now the Oilers haven't really had that. 
Al, when was the last time the Oilers had a forward come up from down in Bakersfield and it's they found a way to stick? Would it be Ryan McLeod? Yes, it would. And, I, and that's uh, Paul Yarvey did, but not successfully. Yamamoto did, but not successfully. Holloway, we'll see. But you're right, McLeod for the last five years, say, is the guy. And I think that, like, when you're spending all the bullets in terms of uh, of, of draft picks, like, I, I'm with, I'm spend, 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 especially based on the history that this organization has had drafting recently, uh, at the forward position at least. I'm all for it, but if you're going to spend those assets, I'd love to have someone that could also help next year. Well, you know, I think there's some big extensions, obviously, that got to be talked about in the offseason, but maybe somebody like Bushnevich, like you mentioned, with an extra year on there, mm-hmm. hey, then all of a sudden we can do some damage next season too. Yeah, Donovan suggested it. Do not credit him, though, but it was a good idea about Bushnevich. The, the, the thing that I want to talk to you about as well is, you know, you, you sort of just, you know, um, mentioned it, but I... I remember Sam Pollock would always, when he wanted to trade a guy, he'd bring him up for three weeks and put him on a line with Lemaire and Lafleur. And the Oilers have a guy like Raphael Lavoie, and I don't know that he has any real trade value. I don't think Bargo does at all. So really, you know, I, I noticed that uh, uh, Daniel Nugent Bowman was tweeting out about uh, the uh, Philip Broberg and him, you know, trying to get him ready, and he's you know going to be gone for two weeks, yada yada yada. And I do wonder, like, I think their trade pieces are are the first round pick, the second round pick, and Roberg, and then after that, I don't know how much value these kids have. Well, that's that's just it, right? I, I mean, that we Oilers fans, we tend to overvalue our own prospects a little bit more than we probably should. I'm sure that happens in every fan base, but I cover the Oilers, and I notice it quite a bit at OilersNation.com, and I've noticed that your blog too, LT, where you do your rankings and everybody has a good a good argument or a good conversation about it in the comment section. And for Raphael Lavoie, I would agree. If he's not going to contribute on the current NHL roster, I don't know that he's going to be all that much value in terms of the trade. And you just chuck him in as a throw-in because then you're losing a big right-handed forward who's got 16 goals in the NHL. I just think the owners are going to – Ken Holland's going to be at the deadline and he's going to be like – remember John Candy and planes, trains, and automobiles? And he's trying to talk the – the guy into giving him a room for a whatever watch that was. I, I, I don't know how far you're going to get on Bichnevich or whatever when other teams are probably offering more. I think the first round pick is going to be it, and I don't know how far you can go. They won't give him up for a rental, and I don't know how much that pick will be worth for a player with term. I don't think Bichnevich gets it done. Like a first for Bichnevich, somebody will offer more. Yeah, and you're right, and that's part of the problem with some of the drafting issues we've had. Like you said, you talked about Pugliarvi didn't necessarily work out. That's fourth overall pick. Kyler Yamamoto, 22nd overall pick, and those didn't necessarily work out the way we wanted to. So it's going to be interesting to see what Ken Holland's approach is. You know, we've still got some time until deadline day, and at this point last year we started to hear rumblings of perhaps Matthias Ekholm might shake loose in Nashville, and you kind of look at the numbers and you go, there's no way that Ken and could pull that off. It had to be a money-in, money-out situation, but he found a way to get the deal done. So I'm still hopeful that Uncle Ken's got something, got, got a trick up his sleeve that we haven't seen yet because we've got, we got eight, uh, 17 days until the trade deadline, just a little over two weeks. And now I think the rumors are going to start picking up, and now it's time for, for Old Dutch to pick up the phone and get to work. And I'm really hopeful that he's going to be able to pull off another at-home-type trade that just leaves us all kind of surprised and shocked and elated. But we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Do you think, Al, let me ask you a question now. Do you think that Oilers fans generally would be okay with a quieter trade deadline, or is this one of those ones where they have to push some chips in? No, I think every day is Armageddon for some Oilers fans, so I think there'd be a lot who'd be upset. 
I, I think, but but I don't think they have to worry to be honest because Ken Holland isn't like he's a guy who he'll grab a defenseman. I don't know what the defenseman's name is, but he'll have one. And I I wouldn't be surprised if they trade for Patrick Kane. You know, I think there will be a name player in play, and I think he will arrive in Edmonton. And I believe they will, at the end of the day, uh, after trade deadline day is done, Oilers fans will go, well, I'm not completely happy, but they made an effort. I, I don't see them, um, I don't see them sliding through quietly. They're going to, the, the prospect, the, there are minnows only in the prospect pool, and they're still going for it with first round pick and Broberg. That's my belief. Yeah, and I would uh, I would not argue against it. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with Broberg, right? I mean, like you said, he's one of the best prospects they have in the stable, and he's one of the only ones that probably people are calling on, at least at this moment. What is Broberg in a first-round pick get you? Is that going to get us enough for what we want to spend? Because you look at that defensive depth chart, too. We're only one injury away from Broberg being up in the top six and playing every night. Yeah, So that true. is also a risky play in itself. Yeah, it's true. It's... Uh... It's a mystery and a riddle wrapped in, you know, bacon with some cream cheese and a mushroom is what it is. That's what we're dealing with. Sounds delicious. Yeah. Look forward to it. I'm hungry now. I don't know why I went there, but now I'm completely hungry. 